Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church by interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We want to start by personally inviting you to services this Sunday. We have two, one at 9 a.m., the other at 11 a.m. Sunday morning, and we'd love to see you at either. The service continues to be available via live stream as well during that 11 a.m. service. You can find that at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. And if you come during our 11 a.m. service, we do have Korean and Japanese translation available. We hope to see you there. This week, Christianity 101, Discovering the Real Meaning of Life, and we're in part four from Romans chapter three, is sin serious? Let's begin today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Good to be with you again. Uh, and we're looking forward to Sunday. This will be part four in this series that God's been using in a special way in our church. We're, call, we're calling it Christianity 101, Discovering the Real Meaning of Life. And uh, we've just... Uh, we, We've talked about looking at the big three passages of Scripture, Genesis 3, Romans 3, and then John 3. And the last few weeks, we've been uh, diving into Genesis 3 and understanding the problem. Um, This week, we're going to transition to Romans chapter 3 and just asking this question, is sin serious? You know, the Bible uh, says that the Word of God is like a mirror in James chapter 1, and it's an analogy to say that it reflects with real clarity what we what we are really like. Um, and so I think when we get into and study in Romans chapter 3, we're going to discover that what we're really like is not a pretty sight, and that's why we need Jesus. And so I'd invite you to come because there's so much hope that's found in the Scripture and it's found at the cross. And so we want to invite you to be a part of our service here this Sunday. Well, I'm really pleased to have Marcy Tiang with us here uh, to have a conversation just about God's work in her life. So uh, welcome, Marcy. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. Um, you've been around Harvest for a while. We'll talk about that in a minute for a, uh, for a few years. And there's a really amazing story of really your whole extended family coming to Jesus that, and how God began that, I think, primarily in your life. I'll get to that in, in just a minute. Um, I have a husband, AJ, and uh, three children and a few beautiful grandchildren. In fact, a new grandbaby just born, right? Yes, 11 of them. Okay, <laughs> yeah. awesome. And uh, you've worked in the um, uh, sal- uh, hair salon industry, cosmetology, you know, for many years, right? Yeah, for a long time. Um, just a little bit over 40 years. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your your work life. You have a salon here in Mighty, right? Yes. Um, actually, the salon we're in, we're all uh, independent stylists in there, so we're all pretty much on our own there. Yeah, so um, we just go into work every day and uh, just work on our clients. And, yeah, it's it's nice to just come in and out and not worry about running a salon like I used to a few years ago. Right, yeah, all of that part of it. Okay. Yeah. How, how did you get started in this, and has it been a – and fulfilling career for you? Well, 
<clears throat> originally, I wanted to join the military because I wanted to fly at the time. I think it was like the F-14 Phantom. Oh, yeah. My dad used to take us to watch the air shows. And um, that's, that's like, I, that's what I want to do. <laughs> but then my husband, then we were just dating. He said, why don't you become a hairstylist? Like, okay. So I decided to try, and I did. And I enjoyed it. So I've been doing it ever since. You said, Did you say 40 years? Yes. Okay, that's a, that's a while. Yeah. I know because we've talked about this a few different times. Um, you're also involved with, and I don't remember, you, I think you told me earlier, it's the NIC, but yes. it's the National... National Interstate Council of the Board of Barbering and Cosmetology. Wow. Yes. And you've been involved with that group for a while. You travel a lot for them, board meetings and, mm -hmm. and different yes. things in the States, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting because you get to meet with a lot of delegates from all the different states. There's actually about 42 states that are members of this organization. And there's a bunch of us that meets every year just to kind of update um, ourselves in the industry, what works, what doesn't. And we support each other with the rules and regs are, you know, and, and everything that we need to do to keep the community um, actually safe from, you know, our work. Um, yeah. So. And um, are there other representatives from Guam or you've pretty much carried that for a while, right? Well, um, there were, there's another girl that attends with me. We actually sat in the board here, okay. um, the barbering board and cosmetology board here. And so every year we would go attend the conferences back in the States. And one year um, I was uh, uh, actually nominated on the floor to run for the um, regional director. Okay. And I was just thinking, it's like, girl from Guam, why? <laughs> you know, but they actually, and, you know, so I garnished actually most of the votes. And so I sat in for as regional director. And the following year I ran again and made it again for another year. And then the following year I got nominated to run for the second vice president and made it. So, yeah, so it was pretty interesting to have, you know, someone representing Guam, but also to participate in this organization, you know, um, considering we're such a small state right. or not state, but such a small area and serving for the national board. And it really has oversight over salons and barbershops and everything, you know, across the country, right? It's yeah, pretty, it's pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And I know that you've uh, invested, you travel a couple times a year, right, to um, be part of that? Uh, for this, three to four times a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Putting Guam on the map. Good job, Marcy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So um, you get to talk to a lot of people uh, every day, right? Because they're coming in and uh, you're helping them. What do you find most interesting about people? In fact, we, we've joked before, it's kind of a counseling you know, session as well, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I've actually had a client who was actually a psychiatrist and he used to tell me, he goes, your clients are more open right. to you than they are with me, right? And I say, yeah, but you make the big money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, um, you, you tend to build this bond with your clients, you know? the I have clients that's been with me, like, um, since I started. Wow, really? And then, I, and then their children now and their grandchildren. So it tells you, you know, mm -hmm. we have that. And um, they, be, they, they start to become family to you. But... The nice thing is that we get to talk, and a lot of times if there's um, certain things happening in their lives, it's nice to know that they can come up to you and talk to you and, you know, just ask you for prayers and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, so. 
Well, I know that you've been very, um, I don't know if outspoken is about the word, but you're not ashamed of your faith. I know that that's true. Oh, definitely true. not. No, I play my music on the radio yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the salon, and everybody was like, wow, that's really nice. You know, and, and it's, okay, the thing about, you know, um, my job, when you start going to school, the two things they tell you not to talk about is politics and religion. <laughs> so, but I have my music on the radio. I'm yeah. not, well, you know, I have my music playing and people will say, that's really nice. It's very comforting, you know? Yeah. So it's nice to hear that from them. Um, and then again, I was, you know, pray and say, Lord, I know we're not supposed to talk about it, but if there's anything, let there be an opening. They'll start it and mm. then I'll just continue. Yeah, so, and, and it's been nice. Yeah, I, I can imagine all the people that you've had spiritual conversations with over the years. I know that God's used you in this in this way. Let's back up, though, because it really is an interesting story about how God brought you to himself and then impacted, you know, you really the start of a whole family, the Sana family coming to the Lord. And um, But I think you started coming to Harvest in 92 or 93. Tell us about what happened there. Maybe even your background, right? You grew up on Guam, I right? grew up in Guam, yes. And um, we grew up in a Catholic family. But um, again, I never shared this with my family, but I've always remember growing up having this talk with God, you know, and it was always directly to him. And again, you know, when we talked about, uh, you know, I had my my cousin dying at such a young age and witnessing his family going through so much pain mm -hmm. and even praying to God at night saying, Lord, if anybody's going to go, take me first because wow. I don't want to have to go through that. But, you know, um, I would travel a lot because of my um, work. I will have to go for trainings and stuff. So um, a lot of times when we're in the hotel, I know there's a drawer there with a Gideon Bible in there. Yeah, and so I will right. open that up and I will read and then I'll come back home and then I'm back to work, you know, always busy and stuff like that. So when Chantal, my daughter, started going to harvest at three years old, she would bring home Bible verses and I would go in there and I will help her memorize her Bible verses. But then I will go into my Bible and look it up and it's like, wow, she's memorizing word per word, and I got so excited, and I was sharing with my brother-in-law, look at this, she's really, really memorizing these things, and this is coming right out of the Bible. But it wasn't until she was in K-4 when she had an accident, she fell down, broke her arm, and I remember her, I was holding her, and she was asking me, Mom, Mommy, am I going to heaven? And uh, I was like, no, not today, but I remember <laughs> really crying and praying yeah. to God that she'll be all right, because she had to go through surgery. Uh -huh. um, but, and then two weeks after that, her, uh, my second daughter, Jalissa, got really sick. And she came up to me and she was like, like she was going to throw up. And I held out my hands. And when she threw up, blood came out. So I was really panicking. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, God, is this you trying to get a hold of me? Wow, you know, trying yeah. to get, you know, said, this is it, Marcy. You know, you've been coming to me, but you have, haven't really made a commitment. You know, so I started going to church, and I just walked into Harvest. It was this two-story old building over here. I walked up the stairs, walked in. Did you know anybody at Harvest at the no, time? No, I didn't. Really? So your your daughter had been coming to school. Yes. You feel like God had been maybe working in your heart over a, a period. You were searching, and at I least in some yes. way. I was searching, yes. I was searching in some way, and um, no one had told me to put my daughter at Harvest. I just... Decided one day she was going to go to Harvest, mm. you know. And um, but when I started attending the services, of course, every you hear this from people saying, you know, 
he's talking about me. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> so when I actually gave my life, I, I actually, yeah, pretty much my life. But yeah. no, I actually came forward and um, accepted Jesus, my Lord and Savior. How um, long had you, had you been coming to church at that time? It it probably was a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then after hearing and knowing, my thing was like, I got to get my family on this because, you know, I, I, I really wanted to help. My family, I said, they need to know this. They need to be saved. And then I started reaching out to my siblings. Um, yeah, Marcy, let me ask you about that. So you said you, you know, you came forward, and how did you term that? You gave your life to Jesus. I gave what? my life to Jesus when um, Pastor Lewis was preaching, and then you know when he, he made the invitation, I walked forward. It's just like something's happening and i i need this you, i need this in my you life you knew you needed god's forgiveness in yes. your life and you said you gave him your life i mean I that's did. what you said right yeah. yeah well i hope i did because honestly um it's the only way you can go through life is having god in your life because i can't foresee not having his presence in your life you know mm. after knowing all this knowing what he had done for you Knowing that he put his, you know, his son out there to die for your sins, and mm. it's like he did all that for me, you mm. know. Yeah, and if you knew me then, <laughs> mm. yeah. So I think that's why it was kind of hard when I was witnessing to my sister, my family, because they're just looking at me because you, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your life, you know, you knew immediately something had changed, mm -hmm. right? And and you wanted your family to know, yes, right? Yes, definitely. I felt there was an urge for me to go out there and reach out to them because I need to share this with them. I need them to know. Anybody else in your family were believers at that time? My, I believe my brothers were, but they weren't as, I guess, they weren't out there really. Because I think my brother, my oldest brother, Richard, did reach out to my mom. Okay. But my mom said that, no, nah, she wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I was just glad that when... My dad, I had my dad following me to church. I invited him, and he and I'll have Jantel call him and talk to him. And she says, Papa, are you going to come to church with us? And he goes, oh, maybe next time, maybe mm. next time. But then she called him one morning, Sunday morning, goes, Papa, are you going to join us for church? And he goes, and she goes, Papa, there's no next time. You have to come. <laughs> so he did. He started How old was coming. she? She was only four. <laughs> yeah, That's Papa, awesome. there's no next time. Uh -huh. So he came. He followed us. And the one Sunday that he didn't follow us um, was a day when my brother got him wrestling tickets. And my dad's a big fan of wrestling. So mm -hmm. they went to go watch the wrestling. And um, my mom was sitting at the kitchen table at the time. And she, we were telling my dad, Dad, you need to come to church. Dad, you really need it. You have poor health. You need to come to church. And my mom got up and she said, I'll come. Mm -hmm. Yes, so she followed us to church. And just like you, I mean, your whole family had grown up Catholic, right? Yes. Like like a faithful Catholic, uh, go to church a lot? I wouldn't say faithful okay, because they weren't were... really going to church, but, you know, sure. being brought up, I think it's more of a cultural thing where, sure. hey, you know, this is this is what we are. Yeah. But um, we worked on my dad because my dad was the easiest person to work on. Or to yeah. work on, my mom was a little bit harder, so that's why we were working on my dad. <laughs> so that morning, when she got up and she went to church with us, she came forward right away during the wow. invitation. Wow! Yes. Yeah, so we met for lunch with my dad and my brother, and she looked at him and she goes, 
why didn't you ever go up? Because she asked, did your dad ever go up? He goes, we said no. And she looked at him and she said, why didn't you ever go up? And he said, I was waiting for you. Mm. Yeah. So mm. ever since then, they started to come to church and then they were both baptized. Yeah. yeah. In fact, if I heard the story right, just after you, like maybe only a week after you, is that right? Um, It was probably... A few weeks because, okay. um, yeah, it was probably a few weeks because when my mom got baptized, she got baptized with my sister, Lynette, and her son. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. And um, since that time, a number of others from your family have given their lives to Jesus. And... Yes, Linda and Ken, Lisa, Joe, their son, Sion, and then Linda's children. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because... Like Linda, she used to say, why me? <laughs> you know, I'm not a bad person, right? She, right. But um, but she, we were talking one day. She just looked at me, right? And she's like, and I was like, what's wrong? She goes, you have not said one. Okay, when I lived in L.A., I picked up a different language, not a very nice one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, you have not said anything bad. And I, and I guess that's, that's when everybody Pardon. was seeing the change, right? And then Joe, Joe was very hard in the beginning, but then he goes, if you can prove to me, Marcy, why people started going to church on a Sunday, you know, stuff like that. He was more towards Sabbath and right. Saturday and stuff. So I was trying to show him the Bible. He goes, I'll give you a million dollars. I think Joe owes me a million dollars. We'll have to remind him of that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but I was glad because when my dad had a stroke, that's when everybody started to come in. And, and do a Bible study, and that's when everybody started to sit and really read the Bible, yeah, and started learning more. You've had a, f a weekly family Bible study, right? In, yes. Uh, in either your older brother's home or your parents? We actually alternate okay, everybody's alternate. house. Yeah. For how many years, Marcy? Oh, man, this is, it's been more than 10 years, at yeah. least. Yeah. At least, yeah. Yeah, it really is uh, such a sweet story of how God has brought your whole family to Him and used, you know, a number of different people. But the first connection was with your daughter, and uh, mm -hmm. and then the the work that God had been doing in your life all along. Your parents have both passed away. Um, your dad a few years ago, and then your mom just recently. Yeah. And sweet. Um, stories uh, and memorial services to their faith in Jesus. Oh, yes. And yeah. uh, it's amazing to see your whole family together, right? Yes. Brothers and sisters. How many in you, your family, brothers and sisters? My brothers and sisters, just nine of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I have two brothers. My youngest brother and my oldest brother are actually pastors now. Yeah. Once in Jigo and once in Talakofo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great family heritage. God's done such a such a good thing um, in your lives. If I were to ask you, so what does it mean to you to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus? What would you say about that? Well, you know, when you think about it, right? Every every day is really uncertain, and um, when you think about it, the um, only the Word of God can actually give us um, clarity. Um, understanding, stability, guidance, direction. And um, as it, for me, it's really important for me to reach out to others and let them know how important it is to have God in their life and to understand what he's done and, you know, how, um, I don't know, it's very important for me. Uh, I, I pray for my family every day, for my children, for my friends, for my clients and stuff like that. And um, the 
Proverbs has really been, you know, kind of one of the verses that I I, I like to use because, you know, when you trust you trust um, the Lord with all thine heart and thee not with thine own understanding, because a lot of times we don't understand what's going on. Right. And when you try to do things your way, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it works for a while, but it's not going <laughs> to. Yeah, because I've done that. <laughs> that train uh, hits a dead end at some yeah, point, right? I've done that, yes. Yeah. So... Um, I guess in all thy ways, we have to acknowledge him and make sure because he will direct your path. And I always said that this is what I, I told my um, I think I showed, shared this with Joe because it said, you know, I use God's word, the Bible as my GPS every day because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, through his guidance, his protection and his strength. Right. Mm. That's he being guided by his word every day. I mean, you don't know where you're going to go. I mean, I've had two crazy things that happened to me this year, you know, my accident and then with COVID. I was going to ask you about that, right? You had a pretty serious accident not too long ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And to walk out of that one, I mean, people just look at the picture of the car and it's like, you actually walked out there. Mm -hmm. But I remember when it happened, we were coming out of Bible study. We had just got done. We're going home. And I had my two granddaughters. Mm -hmm. Um, I had Peyton and Reagan with me. And um, I was teaching them a Bible verse because we, we were talking about doing something. I says, Mama, that's going to be kind of hard. I said, well, then you remember um, I was teaching them um, that I can do all things through Christ, mm-hmm. right, who strengthens me. And I said, you just think of that, and he's going to strengthen you and, and help you go achieve what we're trying to do. And when, that, when I was teaching them that Bible verse, we got hit. My car started flipping over, mm-hmm. and I was like, I remember saying, I can do all things through Christ and strength of me. I just kept repeating it over and over. And I just said, you know, God, please protect us. And he did. You know, I mean, he, I mean, just having him there, you felt the presence because it's like um, Psalms 91 where he had, you know, where it talks about his wings, just you're you're under his wings. He protected us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just amazing. The stuff, you know, the, the things he does in your life, you know. So, um, you know, when you when you wake up every morning, it's like start to finish. He's got to be in your life, you know. And it's so amazing because when you live by faith and hope, you know, he, you feel like his Holy Spirit, it just dwells in us. And he equips us and enables us to actually face difficulties mm-hmm. and hardships. And you can't do things on your own. I've tried that. Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's a sweet testimony. And we're so glad for God's protection for you through that. I know that was a scary time for your family, your church family, uh, mm-hmm. for everybody, but God protected and thankful for your testimony. Um, and even now, thanks for being so um, transparent about what God's doing in your life. Um, I believe that God is continuing to use you and uh, has plans for your future and they're good plans. So thanks for being willing to come in and talk with us about it, Marcy. And thank you. Thank you for having me here. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. We want to invite you again to services this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church. We meet at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Sunday. We'd love to see you at either service. We also offer a live stream during that 11 a.m. service. And you can find that at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Japanese and Korean translation are offered during the 11 a.m. service, too. This week, Christianity 101, Discovering the Real Meaning of Life, and will be in part four from Romans chapter three, Is Sin Serious? Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.